You're listening to the Southeast Asia Business Podcast with me, Dana Bluen. Oh yeah, flip it, flip the airplane mode. If you can't reach me, I apologize. I didn't ignore you, I was in disguise. In disguise, man, you know I got a big surprise. Ask me why, cause I'm What's going on, everyone? Dana Blue and Southeast Asia Business Podcast here on EFM, the one and only podcast network for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. With me in the studio today, we have Arcelio Fetizanan. It also goes by Junjun, which is good for me because I suck at names and Junjun is much easier. Yeah. Junjun, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, thank you very much also for the invite. Yeah. Now, you're the CEO of a company called Fame. It's actually an acronym, so I'm going to let you get into that. But you guys do uh, some maritime and also aviation. I'm going to call it telematics right now for lack of a better word, but I know we're going to get into the, the nuts and bolts of that. So break down for me what Fame is, what, what that acronym is, and let, let's clarify this so we don't keep confusing it for telematics. Okay, yeah, so uh, FAME stands for Futuristic Aviation and Maritime Enterprise. So we create transponders uh, originally for aircrafts, but now also being used for maritime and other use cases also. Now, I know you started out with aircraft because you were a pilot, right? Yes, I fly small airplanes. How small? Yeah, the, the two-seater ones, four-seater ones. Uh, not uh, like the, uh, what do they call it, the, um, uh, the, the, ultra big ones. Light, yeah, the ultralights that uh, have uh, just like the, the wing on top and uh, the yes. propeller in the uh, back? <laughs> no, not that yet, but the two-seater <laughs> ones, the four-seater ones. Okay, so you, you were doing that and you were telling me that there's not that much radar in the Philippines. Okay, yeah, actually the, uh, we have around 85 airports, but only 10 has radar capability. Uh, and then we have around 41 community airports. This 41 community airports actually uh, does not have... Uh, uh, either an air traffic controller or radio uh, with it. So, so there's no air traffic controller, there's no radar, so you don't know, they don't know where you are, you don't know where you are, and other planes don't know where you are. Yes, that's why we, we need to report our location every five minutes to a specific frequency. Uh, we need to talk uh, all the time so that every others can Every five minutes, yes, so ev- people know where you're at. Yes. And so I guess if you're, if you're also going to be moving, right, changing altitude or turning, you have to report that? Yes, we have to report that every time. So what happens if you're just kind of flying along, minding your own business, and you hear someone say like, hey, I'm turning or I'm changing elevation, changing altitude, do you get nervous? Yeah, it's, it's uh, pretty much the, uh, uh, dangerous because uh, we might collide with each other. So. Not fun, not fun. Now, I know that... Uh, <clears throat> From my my perspective, because I'm American, I think of Alaska where uh, airplane crashes are like the number one cause of death oh. because everyone has like a small plane somewhere and they fly out into the mountains and people just disappear. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then you crash in the snow, it eats it up. So you guys have, you're an archipelago, so it'd be very easy to crash into the ocean here yeah, yeah. and no one know. <laughs> yeah. No one will know. <laughs> Especially because there's That's no radar, problem. no air traffic control. Yes. So next thing you know, you're like, oh, flying along, crash. No one ever finds out. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it happens, actually. Yeah. So with this system, though, you have at least location data? Yeah, location, altitude, speed, uh, and path, actually. So we're, we're, we're tracking those. And then you can see that real time, or that's more of a that's more of a something that the other pilots can see? Yeah, uh, other pilots can see, or actually we track it real time through mm-hmm. uh, what we call a command center, where, where you can actually set it up uh, pretty much easily. Okay, and I know that you know air time, uh, aviation was your primary kind of motivation here because that's what you were doing. But uh, in reality, maritime has become your primary business. Is that right? Yes, uh, we focused on maritime uh, because when we when we saw uh, 
actually the statistics uh, it's it's much bigger in maritime. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier, and I mean, it makes sense. You're an archipelago nation, so yes. it would. I would think there were a few boats here, uh, you know, all the islands and all. Yeah. <laughs> but you were saying there's only two commercial ports out of like 500 ports. That has uh, VTM, what they call VTMS station or Vessel Tracking Monitoring System. Okay. And out of 500, only two have that. Yes, two. They have another one in Cebu, but uh, it's not yet operational, but uh, it's already uh, set up. Okay. And so with the maritime, how is it different than your aviation solution? Actually, it's pretty much uh, the same, but uh, what we uh, intend to do is to actually install it on the smaller ones, the smaller boats, okay. uh, which uh, we see that uh, there's a need in tracking also. Mm. Yeah, and it's already a law actually here in the Philippines that uh, uh, all boats uh, must have tracking and monitoring capability. Okay. So it's the law that they all must. How many do? Actually, not, not, not yet, not all yet, but, okay. but basically uh, we're getting there. Uh, the government is actually working on uh, implementing rules and regulations to be able to actually fully implement the, the law. Uh, so when do all boats have to have tracking and monitoring by? Yeah, pretty much uh, within the next three, three to five years. Three to five years? Yes. So hopefully in the next three to five years you get a big uptick in business because everyone needs to have it, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> that, that's the plan. Is there a lot of competition in that space now? Uh, currently most of our competitors are actually satellite providers or, okay. uh, because they're the ones being used right now, uh, the, the AIS with the satellite connectivity. All right, so then how, how do you provide connectivity if not by satellite? Okay, so we, we are, our transponders use radio to send information. Mm -hmm. So we, we use uh, uh, LoRa, okay. uh, so basically low-power, long-range. Uh, uh, modules to send information from from the vessel to to the to the gateway. Yeah. Uh, and how many? Uh, how, how much distance are you actually getting with that that setup? Yeah. Uh, currently, we're actually uh, mentioning that we're actually getting 50 kilometers, but uh, we're actually uh, we have implementations wherein we we saw that, uh, for example, an aircraft flying 113 kilometers away, mm -hmm. we were able to see it, and then on a boat also around 118 kilometers away, we were oh. able to still track it. Oh wow, that's great. That's great distance-wise. Yeah. So 118 kilometers, that covers you almost uh, into international waters, right, on a boat? Yes, almost actually during that time. But uh, what we did there was to put up our gateway, the, yeah. the receivers of our data, on a very high uh, position. Yeah, actually. so you get line of sight with Laura, yes, right? Yes, yes. So if you're in a high position, plus obviously there's, there should not be too many obstructions out on the yes, ocean, right? in the ocean. <laughs> if there are, something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> But with uh, with the planes and mountains and stuff become an issue, right? Yeah. Yes. But. Yes. So whenever we install it, uh, we we need to actually see the the location first where yeah. we install our gateways mm. uh, to see for obstructions and then planning also. So now with your gateways, are you trying to put those on like telecom towers or I mean ideally something like near the ocean or just a, a high location? Yeah, ideally uh, near the ocean and mm. then on a high location. So mm. that's that's our target. How high, like, is it possible for you to get high enough where you could get enough range with Laura that you could be, like, tracking someone into international water or no? Yep. Uh, currently, uh, the, the rating that we have actually is around, yeah, around 100 kilometers, that, yeah, the yeah. one that I mentioned. Uh, pretty much, that's what we're testing right now, uh, okay. especially in, uh, in Mindanao. Okay. Is that enough range for your, your use case or your target use case? Uh 
actually longer because some boats are actually go out to up to 200 kilometers away okay. from the sea. So we're testing uh, right now. We're putting it on buoys. Okay. So to test it out, uh, probably uh, we put up the buoys on, on the high seas and then uh, the boats connect to it. Oh. And then that buoys actually we, we put uh, repeaters. repeaters. Yeah, so yeah. make a make a, like a little point to point, like a yes. mesh network. Yes, until we get the data and then uh, send it. That's exp is it expensive to put a buoy out? Pretty much, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> You're shaking your head, yes. yes. <laughs> so, if, I mean, a lot of a lot of islands here. I mean, obviously, you'd only need that type of range out on the, the peripheral, right? Yes, yeah. But but uh, most of the, for example, the fishing vessels uh, uh, that are actually catching tuna, mm. they go out uh, on the Pacific Ocean. So, basically, that's uh, that's a market uh, target market also. For okay, us. so that's, that's really, you start there, and then you move to wherever else you need, just follow the, the use case. Yes. Nice, and so... With that, I know you guys have a pilot right now. Is that correct with the maritime, or you have it's actual customers? It's yeah. already converted to customers. Actually, what we did was to partner with maritime organizations. Mm -hmm. uh, these organizations actually uh, 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 pro provide the funding, and then we deploy our transponders to boats. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the beneficiary, the, their beneficiaries actually. So, so, so they're, yeah, they're sponsoring the boats yes. essentially because they want that information. Yes, actually. Uh, some organizations are for uh, traceability. Some organizations are actually for enforcement. So okay. that's what they do. So now one of the things, I, I, we were looking through your, through your dashboard earlier on your deck. Very, very nice uh, dashboard. Thank you very much. And, and I know that you guys told me that you both came from the game industry. Uh, we actually met uh, before uh, on the gaming. Yeah, uh, so, so you guys <laughs> are from the game industry. I think that that comes across quite nicely in the, uh, the, the way that the UI looks on the platform. Yeah, that, okay. Is very smooth. It's kind of nice and usable. Very visual. Okay, thank you. Uh, but one of the things that I thought was interesting was some of the data that you were showing me, that you can actually take like uh, the speed and the patterns that the boats are going in because you're, you're talking about enforcement, and so they can actually analyze that and say, oh, this person's in um, like a restricted area. Yeah, for, fishing. Marine, for example, for a marine protected area. Yeah. So they can actually now monitor if. Uh, uh, they they actually are doing fishing on that yeah. area, so uh, you can actually do that by by just looking at the pattern of the speed and mm. then the path. You would know what type of fish and uh, how it is being caught. And so then you, you could you, the enforcement agents will actually have like a heads up and say, oh, we have to go monitor, we have to go do an inspection or something, right? Yes, that's correct. Now, do you have that automated yet, where those patterns can be recognized, or does someone actually have to be looking at it? Yeah, uh, so right now uh, somebody must be looking at it, but mm. we're actually doing an algorithm. Okay. Uh, part of our roadmap actually is to, to have that uh, uh, created so it will alert the fishermen uh, that, mm. uh, that someone is fishing already. So yeah. and then they can go out, catch them, and yes. know what's up. Yes. Now, with that, is there any way for like the fishermen to kind of like get around the system or no? I mean, they would have to basically take it down, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Actually, that's the part of the IRR of, of the, uh, the government is to make it actually... Uh, uh, Tamper-proof. Uh, Tamper-proof factory. So mm. that's that's what they are uh, saying. Uh, so, so for example, someone moves the transponder outside the boat yeah. and then brings it to his house. Mm. Uh, we will see on the screen that it's actually on the house of that, <laughs> the one that took yeah. it because it has batteries that uh, mm. still run. Or just put it on a uh, put it on like a little boat and send it out floating in the uh, in the sea, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they can actually monitor. Uh, you can actually see it that uh, if they actually tamper it. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is a solar-powered device? Yeah. So originally, we designed it as a solar-powered uh, device. Uh, but 
uh, we get feedback from our customers, for mm. example, for the fishermen. And then uh, just last year, there were three typhoons that hit the country. Okay. And there, the main problem there is there's no sunlight. Mm. So what we did was to incorporate a wind turbine right now on our device. So they have options to have it only solar or mm. uh, only through wind power or both. So we, we can actually do that and then deploy it. Oh, nice. So... You can so if it's really windy, how windy does it have to be for it to to work? Okay, for the wind turbine, basically the boat just needs to run uh, five knots, okay. uh, which is basically the top speed of uh, three cylinder boats, uh, three cylinder uh, uh, engines. Okay. So you can actually uh, once it runs for five knots, uh, it will already rotate. But that's their top speed. Yeah, uh, basically for 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 boats, uh, smaller boats, but okay. the big ones actually. Five knots is just actually, uh, they, they normally run from seven to 12 knots. Okay, so, so more than enough for yes. them. Very interesting. Now, what's your, what's your roadmap now for deployment? I know you're working with some government agencies. What do you see as like the next couple of years as, as these laws come into effect where the fishermen have to be compliant? And are you going to continue to work mostly on maritime? Are you going to look more to aviation? Okay. What, what do you see as the roadmap? Uh, currently, uh, on the maritime side, basically, uh, as mentioned, so once the rules are actually out, uh, out and then it's uh, being fully implemented, so basically our our product is one one of the things that they can actually use for 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 that purpose. But uh, also, we're actually right now uh, we actually receive a grant from the government uh, mm. to actually make our product. Uh, have a longer range mm. and then a uh, longer battery life and at the same time yeah use alternative uh, uh, sources of energy different uh, alternative sources of energy to run to, to run it actually okay. for for the fishermen for the benefit of the fishermen mm. so not only enforcement or uh, uh, for traceability but for other use cases also that's going to be great for safety right because yes. with this then you always know at least where someone is so if there's an accident and they can't radio in at least you know where they were Yes. So actually, uh, right now, that, that's the main problem also of the, of the boat. So basically, when, when they actually, for example, their engines went out, mm. they need to wait for other uh, boats to actually come uh, by, uh, come by <laughs> to, to help them. But through this, they, they, we will actually know, uh, mm. where it is. for example, something happened. Uh, it can actually send data, and then that data can actually send uh, frequently, more mm. frequently. Okay. So they would know now that that, that, that particular boat has a problem. Or so if they're, they're stuck adrift somewhere and no yes. one's around, they can actually use this to send some type of alert? Yes. Yeah. We can even use it for messaging. So that's one okay. good thing. We can connect our mobile or, or tablet okay. uh, through the device and then send messages uh, that will actually help them. Not okay. only for, for, that's for safety, but also for communication with their family or their okay. loved ones. Yeah. Oh, wow. So they can actually use that to communicate back to shore. Yes. So... So basically, the data is being sent uh, from the phone to the device, and then through LoRa, okay. and then they, their their family members can receive it through through Wi-Fi or mobile. The, the LoRa has enough uh, enough bandwidth to be able to handle that. Yeah, because the messages are actually just small small bits of data, okay. so number of bytes. So we can actually uh, send that data. Okay, nice. And so, what what kind of messaging are you using? Because this is sending frequent every ten seconds or so, right? Yeah. So basically. Uh, uh, we tested it every 10 seconds, but uh, the normal thing that we do is every 15 minutes. So we, okay. we send that. But for messaging, they can actually, when they press the button, it automatically oh, so sends. Automatically so, send. so it doesn't have to piggyback on the next message yes, that you no, send. No. Okay. Sorry. Very interesting. So normal, it's a 15-minute 
uh, yeah. 15 minute uh, range. And right. We have others uh, depending actually on the feature. So we have uh, every 15 minutes, every five minutes, or every one minute. So okay. We can configure it. Very cool. And so it's also, is it sending GPS data every time? Yes, yes. So right. uh, speed, location, altitude, and path for aircrafts for, for boats. Hopefully no need for altitude, right? Yeah. <laughs> Again, if you need altitude on the boats, then it might be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you got Zilla throwing uh, Filipino <laughs> shipping boats around in the, uh, in the bay. Now... I really like I really like the idea of this device. I really like this space. Uh, have you looked at also putting it in vehicles? Yes, actually, right now uh, there are vehicles that are actually using this. Uh, mm. Mostly are uh, what we call e-jeeps, uh, the electronic jeeps that are actually uh, ferrying passengers also. Mm. Yeah. So something like a bus or a, uh, or yeah. a truck. We, yeah, we tested it on a bus also for for school actually. Yeah. Uh, what we're targeting are school buses. <laughs> yeah. If they have this, they they can actually now monitor. Uh, what what about like coach buses and things like yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, even those actually. Yeah. yeah. And that that's I mean, the coach buses. I, I think is an interesting case because, you know, a lot of times at least you know I live in Thailand and we see a lot like these coach buses get into accidents. Okay. Yeah. And you know it might be like on a remote road somewhere as they're traveling between towns. Yeah. And a device like this could give one crash detection information, but two locations, so that yes. first responders can get there much qu more quickly. Yes, actually, there, there are other devices, for example, GSM-based GPS devices that yeah. they can actually use. But they can actually use this for redundancy because not all areas actually don't uh, have, have GSM, uh, yeah. GSM capability. So yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of things with um, M2M, especially, is trying to move off to off of 3G onto 2G. Yeah, but. A lot of countries are sunsetting their 2G networks. Okay. So, you know, those devices don't necessarily fit. So something like this that works on your own LoRa network, then it, it's a much better solution because, one, you're not taking up the 3G uh, capacity Space, yes. or LTE or whatever you're using here. And then you're also a little bit more redundant. Yeah, yes, that's great. Now, so you said you've got a grant from the government to extend the battery life. What's the actual battery life of the device now? Uh, currently, uh, uh, when we tested it, it, it actually, for, for solar, uh, then there's no solar. Uh, it can run for four days, actually. Four days with yeah, no solar. Yeah, but we want to actually uh, uh, increase that. Mm. So how often do they go with no sun? I mean, four days is a pretty good amount. Yeah, basically, it, it's it's quite far already. So they, yeah. they uh, normally, they got get back after a week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, So uh, especially the small ones. Yeah. Uh, the big ones, actually, they go out for months. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they go back every three months, every six months. Mm. So, yeah. so, but I mean, you think, I mean, I don't think you need a three-month, uh, if you have three months of no sun, you're probably living in England. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> right? Yeah. I don't think you're in the Philippines. Oh, wait. <laughs> three months with no sun. Now, how about the sensitivity of the wind turbine? Can you improve that as uh, well? Yes. Actually, that's uh, part of the research that we're doing right now in Palawan. So we established a research office in Palawan. Uh -huh. where, uh, right now, we're, we're actually looking at uh, several uh, horizontal designs and also vertical. Okay. So we're looking into those types of uh, different, opportunities. different opportunities. So it can go slower than five knots. Yes. Still uh, generate. Yeah, even, uh, for example, if it's uh, not moving, mm. so if it can still generate power. Just uh, from a little bit of wind. Yes. Nice. So, so yeah, it, it sounds like a, an awesome device. I think you guys are onto something very interesting. Yeah, thank you very much. Now, I know maritime is primary right now. Makes the most sense. I think it's the biggest market. And I mean, the hundred hundred kilometer range with the Lauren network. That's amazing. Then yeah. you're getting responses back from the devices at a hundred yeah. kilometers, which yes. is really great. 
what, what do you see as your next steps now, like technology-wise, outside the grant? You know, you look at the market, you know, in three to five years, you're going to need to have every ship has to have something. Okay. Do you think this will be the primary device? Yes, that's that's our main target. Uh, our vision, we call it 2020, that fame to become a new standard. Yeah. Also in the maritime industry by 2020. 2020. Yeah. yeah. And do you, will you scale outside the Philippines or no? Yes, uh, actually, but uh, we're, we're focused right now in the Philippines, but we're getting inquiries already from Indonesia, Thailand, Myanmar, uh, with similar uh, uh, problems like us in the mm. maritime industry. So, I mean, obviously, Indonesia makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, it's, yes. a, it's another archipelago nation. Yes. You know, a lot of boats, probably a lot of the same issues. Yes. Uh, Thailand, Myanmar. You know, makes a lot of sense as well. Malaysia, also your regional partners. Yes. Now, can you scale? Do you do you foresee yourself scaling outside of Asia or outside of Southeast Asia? Uh, yes, actually, that's uh, part of our roadmap also. So, okay. Yeah. So, what's that time frame for you? Like, what, what when is eight? When is your scalability in Asia happen, and then when is your scalability? into the rest of the world. Yeah, like, probably, when, when do you see that? Yeah, within the three years, uh, uh, within three years probably we're already uh, with other countries also in wow. Asia. And then hopefully after five years well, we can actually go out. Actually we have inquiries also with, in Belize. Really? <laughs> we, we submitted the proposal in Belize uh, uh, before. With the similar uh, 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 problem that they have traceability. Okay, so, yeah. and so Belize showing uh, some interest there? Yes. Wow, yeah. so I mean, Obviously, very scalable, and I would think with something like this, you, know, you will benefit from the network effect. In in that, you know, with especially with your buoy design, right? And yep. the, the further out you can put buoys, the more countries. So, say you lock down every country in Southeast Asia, you get a very extensive mesh network of buoys and things like that to yeah. track ships. Yeah. Yes. Very, very interesting. So, you know, like you add Philippines, you add Indonesia, all of a sudden it becomes much more attractive to like a Malaysia than Thailand, Myanmar. Yep. Yeah, unless one of those countries doesn't want to monitor their ships, then they can, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe possible, you never know. <laughs> so it's really a great, great concept, great idea. Uh, Junjun, I want to thank you for uh, coming on and talk about fame today. Okay, thank uh, you very much. Do also. me a favor, before we go, let, let the listeners know where they can find out more information about fame. You guys okay. have a website, Facebook, Instagram? Yeah, What's going on? Uh, they can visit our uh, website, www.fame.systems. Okay. Uh, and then for Facebook, actually, it's uh, Fame Aviation Maritime. So they can actually uh, okay, see find that. you on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Great. Well, again, thank you very much for coming in, talking about this great technology, great use case. I, I love where you guys are at. I think it's it's going to be really, really fun for you guys in the next couple of years as you scale across and get world domination. Yeah. Thank you very much. Again, <laughs> man, thank you for coming on. Guys, check out Fame. All those links will be down in the show notes. And until next time, stay on that grind. This is the Southeast Asia Business Podcast with me, Dana Bloom. Oh, yeah. If you can't reach me, I apologize. I didn't ignore you, I was in disguise. In disguise, man, you know I got a big surprise. Ask me why, because I'm trying to build an enterprise.